This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. The truth. The whole truth. Nothing but the truth. The hidden truth. The vital human drama of the famous lie detector. Bringing you authentic case histories from the files of the late Leonard Keeler, one of the world's foremost scientific criminologists. Mr. Keeler's real-life part is played by Hart McGuire, who reveals from week to week some of the most baffling human dramas of our time. The Hidden Truth. detector is in general the study of human behavior. To be more concise, it's the scientific analysis of some particular human action. Whether that action be the devotion of a martyr or the most atrocious crime. Therefore, lie detection is somewhat akin to the science of psychology in that it deals with the human will and the complex gamut of love, fear, hate, greed, frustration, guilt, self-pity, and remorse, to name a few of the hundreds of human emotions which cause the will to function. It has been theorized with sound justification that the will drops passively into the beaten path which sentiment and reason have worn for it. It is no mere accident that one person lives in serene peace while another rushes headlong into violence. Behind the behavior of each individual are a multitude of forces which batter against the bulwark of the will. These forces might be summed up as the experiences of a lifetime. Tonight, through the science of the lie detector combined with forensic psychology, we're going to analyze the human behavior of Lydia Montrose, a beautiful girl with a deep and deadly complex. An overwhelming oppression that led her to doom. The relentless complex of guilt. The scene is New York's Central Park in the dark and forbidding hours before dawn. Just a little after four o'clock on a warm July morning to be exact. Lydia Montrose, an attractive girl in the middle twenties, is sitting on a park bench, her head held dejectedly between her hands. A shadow moves along the walk and stops before her. Lydia seems to feel the shadow's presence and raises her head to see the dark outline of a man, his face half-lighted by a distant streetlight. A quizzical face, with a slight smile around the lips. I know what you're thinking. Do you? Sure. You're thinking about all those things you've read, aren't you? What things? Oh, about girls who come into the park alone after dark. Things that happen to them. Suppose I told you I don't care what happens to me. <laughs> Is that an invitation? Take it any way you like. Just make sure that I'm dead when you leave me, that's all. <laughs> Look, you've got the wrong guy. Have I? Then what did you stop for? <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to warn you, that's all. I... But maybe you were new around here and 
Didn't know what a chance you were taking, that's all. I'm not new around here. And I know what a chance I'm taking. Besides, a cop might come along and we'll look suspicious out here at this time of the morning. He might pick you up for, well, vagrancy or something. He might pick you up, too, don't you think? Me? <laughs> what for? Don't you think you might look suspicious? Uh, not to any cop in this part, I would. Walk through here every morning on the way to work. Every one of them knows me by my first name. Must be miserable work, sir. Miserable hours. I ever hear of Bob Collins? Bob Collins. Am I supposed to have heard of you? <laughs> Not necessarily. I thought you might have, though. I open one of the radio stations at 5 o'clock every morning. Some sort of a city-bred farm reporter. I'm sorry for the farmers. <laughs> hey, just how do you mean that? They're not going to hear you this morning, Bob Collins. Yes, they are. You stopped to get involved with you, remember? I just stopped for word of warning. Too bad you stopped. Yeah, well, uh, you, you take care of yourself. You... You seem sort of young. Too bad it couldn't have been someone else. I don't get it. You have a wife and family, I suppose. Oh, sure. That's, that's why I don't get involved with, uh... Well, with you, for instance. You are involved. Oh, no. Thanks, just the same. I'm sorry. It had to be you. The farmers will never hear your voice again, Bob Collins. Wait a minute. I I didn't realize you'd been drinking. You better go home and have some sleep. I haven't been drinking. I've been praying. Hey, what's that you're holding in your hand? Praying for your soul and mine. Yes, officer. I killed him. What? Bob Collins. I'm sorry. He seemed like a very decent person. Don't tell me Bob made a pass at you. No. No. Quite the contrary. Well, what made you shoot him? He been keeping you on a string or something? I never saw him before in my life. Well, what did he do? What's the pitch? He didn't do anything. I killed him. In cold blood. But you've got to have a reason. Oh, I have a reason. A thousand reasons. But you wouldn't understand any of them, officer. Is your gun on the bench? I bought it last evening. Your name? Lydia Montrose. Address? Manor House. Temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily is right. I got a hunch they'll be booking you at the county hospital for observation. They'll want to know why you killed a man you never saw before, who by your own admission didn't make any passes or anything. Yeah, this kind of murder's a new one on me. The officer's hunch was right. The district attorney's office looked into the past of Lydia Montrose and could find no reason for the murder impulse. The girl was raised in a respectable West Coast home. She had been graduated from an exclusive girl's seminary and had come to New York on her own. 
Her record of employment covered an assortment of jobs, from secretary with a publishing firm to odds and ends of professional modeling for magazine illustrations. She had held no one job very long because her employers found her morose and melancholy, a depressing influence on other employees. Nothing could be turned up that would connect her romantically or otherwise with Bob Collins. Questioning officers could get only one statement from Lydia Montrose. A statement which she kept repeating over and over. I am a murderess and admit my guilt. There is no reason to delay any longer. I am ready to pay with my life for what I have done. No Department of Justice likes murder without cause. And the New York District Attorney's Office was no exception. Was Bob Collins' slaying premeditated, or was it not? If not, what strange quirk or complex in Lydia's mind set off the murder impulse? As the arresting officer had predicted, the man assigned to her case was Dr. Bruce Standish, a psychiatrist with an international reputation who was visiting New York from England. It had been my privilege to have worked with Dr. Standish on several cases in the past. And after questioning Lydia Montrose for several days, Dr. Standish called me in from Chicago to assist him with the case. Now, the more I talk to the girl, the more I'm convinced that the polygraph might unravel a lot of mysteries about her. There's no question in your mind of what she killed Bob Collins, is there? Well, on the strength of the evidence and her own admission, there can be little doubt of that. But then it's our job to find out what made her kill him. What have you turned up so far? A very strong guilt complex. You had any experience with those things, man? Yes. Yes, occasionally I have had, Doctor. Mm -hmm. Would you tell me something about it? Well, occasionally in running lie detector deception tests with a polygraph, I've had to deal with highly nervous subjects. Subjects obsessed with the fear that their nervousness might be recorded by the instrument as actual guilt. Mm -hmm. The truth is, however, that the polygraph pens record this nervousness as the normal pattern for that type of person. Mm -hmm. And record guilty reactions over and above that normal nervous pattern, isn't it? Yes, but there are times when such nervous subjects might give strong guilty reactions on the instrument when actually they're innocent of the crime they're being questioned about. Oh? Well, what would cause a thing like that? Oh, some incident in the past that has plagued a person's conscience... Something that has developed into the guilt complex you've already mentioned. Now, what uh, what sort of incident? Mm, something as trivial as stealing a piece of candy from a grocery store as a child might cause a guilt complex. Or taking a nickel from a mother's purse. Or the complex might be more serious, caused by the drowning of a younger brother for whom the person felt responsible. I see. Is this guilt complex, as detected by the polygraph, confined to any particular group of individuals? Yes. Generally, the sort of person who shows this strong complex is sensitive, high-strung, and he's led a comparatively sheltered life. Hmm. Lydia Montrose falls exactly into that classification. Tell me now, do you have a set of questions that might reveal the specific cause of a guilt complex? Yes, yes, I have worked out such a set of questions, Doctor. I've been quite successful in determining into which category the sense of guilt falls, whether it's robbery, for instance, or murder. 
Well, Lord, if a photograph test of Lydia Montrose can show us the underlying cause of her melancholia, her depression, and her obvious feeling of self-guilt, we can have the hidden truth in this case. The reason why she murdered Bob Collins. I can't promise anything, of course, Dr. Standish, but I hope this experiment turns out successfully. I hope so, because the more we can find out about the reasons for murder, the more you psychiatrists can do about counteracting such acts of violence in the future. Are you awake? Yes, I'm awake. Ah, the nurse tells me that you slept quite comfortably this afternoon. I don't want to sleep. I want to die. Miss Montrose, let me explain just why your trial is being delayed. Why should it be delayed like this? I killed him, didn't I? Why don't they execute me? It's being delayed because we're convinced you have some disease of the mind. It's a disease that we want to know more about so that we might be able to check it. Or even cure it in other potential murders. What do you hope to gain by... by making a laboratory guinea pig out of me? I honestly don't know what's wrong with my mind. So how can you hope to find out? Have you heard of an instrument called the polygraph? The lie detector? Yes, it's called that too, but fundamentally... It records human emotions, the physiological changes that take place in the body as a result of such emotions. I have no emotions. Not anymore. Oh, you might have. And if there's some crime in your past that's haunting you, some crime that's gone unpunished. And you killed Bob Collins out of remorse for such a crime. If there was, don't you think I'd confess it? I confessed to this murder, didn't I? Miss Montrose, it might be a crime that's buried in your subconscious mind. And it's just possible that Dr. Keeler's questioning might penetrate that subconscious. So that it'll be recorded on the polygraph in terms of blood pressure, pulse changes, changes in your breathing rate, and fluctuations in your skin electricity. Miss Montrose. Miss Montrose, what is it? What do you think? Terribly faint. Here, let me see your pulse. Something dreadful has come over me. Montrose, are you malingering? Ma- malingering? Are you deliberately feigning illness? Your pulse seems very strong. Yes. Yes. It is strong, Dr. Sanders. It's strong enough to stab you to death. Wait. No. 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 Dr. Standish was rushed to another room in the county hospital. In a few minutes, I was permitted to call on him. He was sitting up in bed, and except for a bandage around his chest, seemed none the worse for his experience with Lydia Montrose. She'd broken a glass, and nurse left in her room now. He tried to stab me with a sharp piece of it. Hmm. Pleasant sort of a woman you wished on me, doctor. You know, I'm beginning to wonder if her guilt complex might be combined with something else. Insanity is a pretty loose word, isn't it? It certainly is not. Unless you can nail it down to a definite type of insanity. 
I've sent over to the hotel for a portable polygraph. With your permission, Doctor, I'll try to determine what sort of physiological responses are coupled to the mind of Lydia Montrose. If I were you, I'd look specifically for a certain disease. Yes. Yes, I think I know just what disease you have in mind. Under a glaring overhead hospital light, I found myself sitting at the bedside of Lydia Montrose. A girl who apparently killed under impulse. And I had hopes the polygraph might unravel the mystery. I wasn't using the polygraph in the strict sense of lie detection. I was using it as a scientific analyzer of a human mind. What do you hope to prove, Dr. Keeler? Why a lie detector test when I've confessed to a murder and an attempted murder? Miss Montrose, this is something beyond a straight deception test. I prefer to call it an experiment in mental diagnosis. Why? Perhaps that question will answer itself as we go along. Now, I'm going to talk to you, and sometimes I'll use single words which may or may not have a meaning to you. Other times, I might ask a direct question. Now, if I do, answer yes or no, if you please, or don't answer at all. It really doesn't matter. Shall we go ahead? It's quite immaterial to me, one way or the other. All right. Let's see what sort of a chart we can draw up on you, uh... One way or the other. Now, please concentrate on the words I'm about to use, Miss Montrose. If you care to discuss any of them, please do so. If not, I'll keep going. You're a highly sensitive, nervous person, aren't you? I know, because your normal pattern indicates a highly emotional type. Nothing to say? Um, steel. Does the word steel mean anything to you? I knew it did mean a great deal to the De Montrose. The pens were definitely rising in their pattern. Uh, Miss Montrose, what about the word take? Now, here was something quite significant. Lydia Montrose had a guilty reaction to the word steel, but no reaction to the word take. Steel seemed to inflame her sense of guilt, while the milder word, take, did not. I deliberately called out a list of loaded words such as burglary, a guilty reaction, sex, mayhem, extortion, manslaughter. Oh, stop it! Stop it! I realize now that Lydia Mondros was reacting to the thought behind those words rather than to the word itself. In her highly sensitized state, it made her feel guilty just to hear these loaded words. This girl had a guilt complex that made her actually hate herself. I was convinced that Lydia Montrose had a morbid, deadly allergy to her own mind. Miss Montrose, tell me, have you ever heard of a disease called abulia? No. Does the word obsession mean anything to you? Nothing. Melancholia? I've had melancholia all my life. The desire to die? I've always had the desire to die. I want to die right now. Why? I don't know. 
I don't know. Let me explain what I've learned about Abulia, Miss Montrose. Oh, please stop plaguing me. Abulia is what psychiatry terms a partial paralysis of the will. It reveals itself in a general sense of weariness and discouragement. Now, this impairment or loss of willpower is characteristic of many forms of insanity. Do you think you're insane, Miss Montrose? I don't know. I don't know, Dr. Keeler. When you attempted to stab Dr. Standish with a piece of broken glass, you cut your own hand, didn't you? I did. Well, it's bandaged, isn't it? I didn't feel anything. I suspected that possibly you didn't. You see, Miss Montrose, a person suffering from paralysis of will is often deprived of volitional powers. Such a person might have no feeling at all when a needle is stuck into a finger, for instance. Oh. You see, the will is not an isolated faculty, but simply one aspect of the mind. While the mind itself is simply an aspect or manifestation of the body. What is wrong with me, Dr. Keeler? Why have I no will to live? Why have I always wanted to die? It seems quite obvious that your abulia, the melancholia which has paralyzed your will to live, has been caused by an overwhelming complex of guilt since childhood. Now, if we can find the cause of your guilt complex, we found the germ, the actual embryo of your disease. Do you want me to try to help you? Oh, yes. Please help me. Please, please help me. Then concentrate, Miss Montrose. Concentrate and listen closely. Girl. Child. Romance. Boy. Automobile. Train, boat. I was watching Lydia Montrose and I was watching the polygraph pens recording her physiological reactions to my words. The pens were tracing her normal, high-strung emotional pattern. But no specific reaction to any word so far. I was searching for a word that would bring back some incident from the past. A key word that would penetrate her anguish and depression. Um, water, Miss Montrose. Electricity? Earthquake? Baby? Now, here was something, a slight reaction to the word baby. I kept going. Accident? Brother? Sister? Cut? Hurt, fall, fire, fire, Miss Montrose, fire, fire. Way down inside of me, there was a picture, Doctor Keel. Yes, a picture that turned up in your subconscious mind. There was a fire, wasn't there? I don't know how old I was. Very young. I was staying overnight with neighbors. A tiny baby slept in my room. A terrible fire during the night. I ran screaming from the house. 
I could have saved the baby, but, but I thought only of myself. I let her die. I let her die. You must have been very young, Lydia, because you'd completely forgotten it, hadn't you? I guess so. There was always the dread, the fear, the depression. I didn't know why, but I wanted to die. And yet I was afraid to die. I think we have it clearly defined, Lydia. A guilt complex born in childhood and growing stronger and more unbearable through the years until the willpower no longer functioned. The will to live was gone. And... Well, you know what? I killed Bob Collins. A perfect stranger. A man I'd never seen. And had done nothing to hurt me. Yes. Yes, I think I do, Lydia. And I think I know why you attempted to kill Dr. Standish. It was unbearable. I, I couldn't stand it any longer. I understand. Most people who suffer from a diseased willpower desire to die, Lydia, but since their willpower is diseased, it will not function sufficiently to carry out the act of suicide. You killed Bob Collins that morning in a desperate attempt to have the state put you to death for murder, didn't you? Yes. And when that process seemed too slow, you tried to murder Dr. Standish to hasten legal execution, didn't you? If he only knew what a torment it is for me to live, Dr. Keeler. I don't know how much hope I can give you, Lydia, under the circumstances. I hardly think they'll execute you. Your future seems destined to be in the hands of God and the mental specialist. Perhaps between them, they can save you from yourself. <laughs> 